Welcome to Hearts and Minds. My name is Catherine McMahon and I'm here with Maura Cassidy. Today we're going to be talking about the church. Shanae. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to be talking about the church. So, might as well begin. You might as well begin. So, um, I think when I was thinking about this topic, I thought it would be nice to consider it if you're somebody who is was brought up a Catholic, maybe. And you are maybe thinking the church is not quite relevant for your life right now. Uh, and also for those of us who are Catholics practicing and essentially um, can't really communicate that identity as we would like to. Um, and so it made me think about this idea of, I don't know if you've had the experience recently of um, going back to your, the home you were brought up in, you know, mm. Um you were brought up maybe until you were a teenager, you went to college, then you, you know, you had your own life and then you go back home. And um, often the comment, at least me and my siblings make, God, this has changed. Um, and, I, and I think the truth is, is maybe it hasn't, but we've changed. So I'd like to think about that as a sort of paradigm in which we sort of look at today's topic, that we think of it a bit like coming home as an adult. Um, coming home as an adult gives you permission to ask questions maybe that you haven't asked before because you have a couple of years under your belt, you have life experience, maturity, maybe you're a better, mellower version of yourself and you see things differently. And I think that means that we can ask questions differently or maybe ask questions that we never asked in the first place. Um, and that means, I think, to having the openness to want to know, could I be missing something out? You know, that the church for me could be more relevant, more real. Um, and that potentially something, if, if, if you're in the space of having rejected the church, maybe you rejected something you didn't truly know. Because I think the danger with us in our world really is a danger of reducing things, mm. you know, reducing things to bite size, reduce things to my own narrative, reducing things to my own personal experience, reducing the, the church potentially to what we hear. Um, and, and the danger is we reduce it to what it isn't at all. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought it'd be good, to be honest, to start with them. Um, a couple of key points, you know, um, at the outset, because the, to the topic like this is huge. So yeah. I'm, I, I don't endeavour. And you, know, and you could be a real devil, devil's advocate on this. And I'm not going to be because I just think I think it's helpful to to kind of hear you out. OK, thank <laughs> I'm you. on your side, thank obviously. You. But um, I think there. Yeah, I, I agree with you. There is an element of uh, being reductionist and and only looking at perhaps a, a very small percentage of things that have gone wrong and not seeing a bigger picture of all the great things that people have done. Um, Agreed. And I, and I think yeah. too is that if we don't situate it, like it's always good to look at the history of the trajectory of something, you know, because if you just look at the last, you know, I think it's very mm. helpful because you don't understand it if you don't look at that. You don't look at its roots. Yeah. And I think the roots, the church, the roots of the Church of Water are really, really important because it was founded in 33 AD by Jesus Christ. That's a historical fact. Um, and I think that's probably the most important thing. And I think it was St. Rosemarie actually said, the most important thing is not how we act, but how God acts. And I think it's really important to see the church for what it is in that regard, because it was founded by Christ. It has a lineage in the sense that we can connect the church today, the Catholic church today in Ireland, right all the way back to the 12 apostles who were personally chosen by Christ mm. to, to lead. Um, and that's pretty impressive. You know, if you look at your local bishop, whoever he is, you can trace his appointment all the way back to St. Peter. 
Mm-hmm. And that's incredible. Um, it's one, it's authentic. Uh, and I think that's, you have one Catholic church. And, and what that means is, is that it guarantees the teaching of Christ. That it's not the teaching of so-and-so or the teaching of so-and-so or the whim of a moment. It's one, it's Catholic, it's a church. And, and it has a treasure trove of teaching and content which came from Christ. Obviously, there are things that have cropped up, scenarios that have cropped up, realities. Life has changed radically from the first Christians to today. And as a result, the church has the freedom and, and chooses that freedom regularly to look at things differently, to explore new realities, but always through the prism of Christ and the Holy Spirit and God's church. So it is very different to any other institution we know. It's not like a political institution which, you know, peaks and 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 and, and waves or, you know, goes in one direction or the other, left or right. It's that's that's not the church of Christ. Mm. And I think that's something, that's the authenticity of it. Um, and I think that's that's beautiful. I also think um, it's it's again it's not like a legal institution institution or a structure that has religious purposes, um, because that would be just a man made thing, you know. Where and it's not even just a channel of God's love. It's it's actually a, a, it's it's Christ's family. So when you become a member of the church, you know, when you're baptized, because that's the moment of you might say incorporation, as it were. Um, when you become a member of 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 the of Christ Church, you become part of Christ's body. You have his, you might say, his life in your veins. Okay, um, so and that's huge because that's 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 really what family is. Mm-hmm. Family is all about identity. And when you're in the church, it's not about I choose, I disagree, I like this preacher, I don't. And that's probably probably the reductionism that we tend to get into. Whereas the beauty of the church is the fact that by virtue of being baptized into the church, every single member has that equality of being part of God's family Mm. and having the, you might say, the the life of Christ in you. Um, Like it has to, I mean, obviously the church has to have human structures to keep it going. But it's not the thing that is the ultimate reason for its existence. No, it, it, it's like the organ of the church, the heart mm. of the church is God. Mm-hmm. And and that's, uh, and then we as human creatures, you know, as St. As Paul says, I think in the letters to the Romans, you know, it's one body, there are many parts, we don't have the same function, but we're one body in Christ. So in other words, there is equality there. You know, and I know I've mentioned this before, but the historian Tom Holland frequently refers to that. He says there's no such thing as a, as a non-Christian atheist. You know, mm. we're all Christian atheists, he said, in the Western world, because oh, yeah, yeah. the values mm. that we hold true, which is dignity. Well, I, it's imbued in our culture. Exactly. Yeah. Equality. They're all Christian values. They weren't mm. there pre-Christian times and they're not there in other religious traditions mm. or in other cultures. Um, so I think it's really important, you know, that, that, that we are part of God's family. Um, I think the other interesting thing is, is that our identity, you know, sometimes people will pit religion against spirituality. Say, yeah, well, I'm spiritual. I talk to God, but I'm not part of an organized religion mm-hmm. as if somehow religion and I'm just obviously talking about the Catholic tradition here that it somehow it, it, it infringes or it takes away my freedom or my spontaneity or my identity mm. or imposes a demand on me that exactly I, yeah. whereas I would suggest rather the opposite it's like being part of a family it gives you energy it gives you wings it gives you it gives you all the things you have in family nourishment protection um, forgiveness repair uh, love 
all of all of all that goes with family um but it doesn't somehow take the other the other values away at all what it does give you is an identity in in the context of relationship because if you look at the word religion going back to its latin roots religere which means to bind together so the church is all about binding together a people of god mm-hmm. and there's no hierarchy in that sense that there's hierarchy in the sense of everybody's a different function the priest the laity whatever but there's equality but there's no hierarchy as you might see in a social structure, you know, upstairs and downstairs. Mm. I think that's really, really important. But what there is, is there's adoration because religion is necessary to recognize in the fact that we are creatures mm. and necessarily the first function of a creature is to adore. We didn't self-create. Anybody who does, please, I'd love to meet you. Nobody <laughs> self-created. You know, we yeah. are religious creatures. It's not an add-on. It's not something I choose. And if, if we if we choose it like an add-on, well, we do it at our own peril. Mm. Because then the danger is our adoration, our idols are elsewhere, as we know so well. You know, our idols are power, reputation, whatever it is, you know, whatever your thing I think, is. Uh, listening to you, and I'm, I'm imagining perhaps some people listening to this would possibly have a narrative running, running underneath, kind of thinking, mm, yeah, but in reality, there's been a lot of uh, things that have gone wrong with the church. And I think what is helpful maybe is to... I think if you read the history of the church, it's very, it's a very helpful perspective because I think currently in Ireland, you might think, you know, oh, well, everything has gone to the dogs or life is, you know, the Catholic church has gone out the window and, you know, let's move on. And that narrative has been there since kingdom come. Like that has always been there throughout the centuries of the sense of, you know, that the church is ending and we're moving on. Mm. And yet the church always renews itself and begins again. And while there are faults, it's a very small percentage in reality. There's very good things that the church has done and is to have that confidence in it and have that sense of realizing that the church is that family. And in your family, you do have... You're always going to have so one or two. Yeah. You'll always have one or two people that are kind of like, you know, sweet, generous is the best word you could put yeah. on it. Um, and to be accepting of that too. You yeah, know, and I think and also, yeah. I, th- yeah, I think you're right. And I think also, um, wherever you're humans, it's messy. Yeah. And there will be failures and there will be ba- it's pretty serious ones at that. Mm. And the church is no different. And I think that has been recognized by the, you know, certainly in my time, my life period, anyway, the recent popes, I think that's very good. But at the same time, see, God never bails out on his people. Mm. Whereas, you know, you and I and others may bail out on our commitments, our responsibilities, because we're humans, we, we've, we're we weak and we make mistakes. We're not perfect. I think is to the, the truth of the matter is the failure comes there and the human element, whereas God is always with his people. Yeah, yeah. And so throughout all of that time, you know, the church, the sacraments were always there. Um, the grace was always there. Um, and God always, you might say, raises up great men and great women, which we would consider as the heroes of the church. I think there, you know, as well as God's presence in the church through the sacraments, which is his presence, you find God's life through great men and women who are saints, like the Mother Teresa's, the John Paul II's, the St. Francis of Assisi's, etc. St. Mm-hmm. Jose Maria Escriva, all of these wonderful people who basically balked against, you know, the injustice of their 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 time. Yeah, and they were and in did. situations that were quite adverse. Absolutely. You know, all yeah. of them, when you read the lives of the saints, down through the centuries. I mean, they they always were up against it. You know, it wasn't an easy ride for them. And I think uh, I think that's very helpful for us too to not think 
things are different now. Yeah, the, the, we're always the same. Humans yeah. are always the same. And I think also yeah. it was a quote, I think, John Paul II, St. John the Paul II said, which I think is really helpful to remind us, well, what are the aims of the church? Because you will get people who get to get it wrong. You know, church men, church women who get it wrong and they just think it's about power, things about this. But the church still keeps going and the church's content and teaching doesn't change. And um, but John Paul II said, the church, is, church wishes to serve this one aim alone, he said. And he said something like that each person may find Christ, that each person may accompany each one along the path of Christ. That's just it. And I think that's a beautiful thing is to think that this world we're journeying, it's not a permanent place, it's not a prison, it's not a paradise. But we're heading towards heaven. Mm. And I don't know about you, but what I see my, I suppose, my journey on this life is to get to heaven and to bring as many people there as possible. And it's going to be a nice big house with many rooms <laughs> and one big mad house party. And in that, you know, and there's going to be no COVID. But do you know what I mean? Is In that sense is that it, that's what the church is. The church is Christ's presence in the world. We have to keep going back to that and reminding ourselves or reminding each other of that, mm. that Christ died on the cross to save us. So it's a place of salvation. It's a place of family. It's a place to bind us together as a people together because we are we're social creatures. We we go we we go together. We inspire each other together. We support each other together. We're outward focused. We're not a ghetto. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that's hugely important. And even the images that Christ uses for the church, you know. Um, you know, we need to we are very interesting, and they remind us. You know, his images of the church is a sheepfold, and he's the shepherd. And that's it. And such a lovely, beautiful image. You know, we just follow Christ, that he's going to protect us. He's watching our back. He'll, we just need to stay close to him and we'll have the energy and the strength to find out what our, his will for us is, etc. It's a net. You know, God goes to catch us, you know, like a divine lover, as it were. You mm-hmm. know, he wants to, each one of us, he's trying to think, how can I catch her in her heart? How can I tell her how much I love her, how much I need her, how much she needs me? Um, and and, it, and I suppose it's also a shade, you know, where, where God wants to sort of protect us from the, the real extremities, climatic extremities of our, our world, as it were. Um, and I think each one of us needs to be called, needs to be found, needs to be caught, needs to be brought back home and needs to be protected. Um, and I think that's a beautiful thing. So the church is God in our midst. It's God among his people. And he wants us to be church for others. We are church. Um, and, and that's a big challenge, hmm. you know, is that am I the church that others expect me to be? You know, yes, we need to say X or Y went wrong in the church at this period of true, or that's not the right behavior of a Christian. But the book stops with me first. You yeah. know, if I want to make the change you want to see in the in the world. So do people see in me the Christian they expect? Mm-hmm. And and that's what that's what's really beautiful is when people, you know, it's it's the beauty of the faith. The beauty if Christ is really living in me, well then it should be obvious to others. Mm-hmm. Not because I do weird things like levitate, but because I'm a more beautiful person as a result. And I think it stops the sort of discussion about all kinds of other things. You know, um, because unfortunately for some people, the church is political, it's right or left. And and I would suggest, well, it doesn't fall left, right or left. Yeah, you know, it's kind of it's kind of used in political terms. I think the media, naturally, it's the only framework they have for making yeah. judgment calls on any organization. So uh, they're always going to kind of 
swingish right or left in the political spectrum. So yeah. yeah, and I think you'll find there are aspects like obviously there are you know things of everything from defending the rights of, of, of life to right to privacy to um, the rights of minorities to you know welfare. All these things they fall on either side of the spectrum, so it doesn't fit comfortably within either because of course it's the church is above all of that. Um, I think it's helpful to think of it more in terms of the church like a boat. You know, and the boat, and of course, the church is referred to as a boat. Um, yeah. And the builder is Christ, and he gives us a map, he gives us a compass, he gives us food and the medicines we need. Mm. And and what you find, and, and it's it's having that compass. Mm. And of course, the the, the waves and the wind um, are different. And some there's some periods of calm, and there's some periods of of turbulence. The important thing is we stay on course, and we stay united. And um, and 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 it's 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 different at each each stage of the journey. Um, I think it's also, we've talked about this before on, the, on our podcast, but it, the church's family is a space for forgiveness and a space for repair. You know, the only thing that we don't have an answer to is death. Everything else pretty much can be sorted. So, there's, you know, for, there's no sin that's too big that can't be forgiven. And that, and that Christ sees the church very much like he was on earth. So if you read the gospel passages of Jesus' encounter with people, like let's just take Zacchaeus for a moment. You know, the church leaders of the time were looking at Zacchaeus like, you're embezzling funds, you're a, you're, 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 you're a bad Jew, we want to have nothing to do with you, you're a disgrace. Christ said, hey, Zacchaeus, I'm going to have dinner with you today. And what does Zacchaeus do? He becomes, he gives half his wealth away to good causes, etc. And he, he's found, he's found his home again. So the point about it is, I think, is that I, I think it's really important for us as Christians, Catholics, to not to be throwing stones at each other or other people, just to think, how can I reach out to that person? How can my faith connect with that person? How can I help mm. people to find God in their life? I think we can waste an awful lot of time with just chit-chat on the sidelines as opposed to actually engaging with life itself. Um, and I think also everything I love has come from the Catholic Church. Everything, you know, uh, from the Christ, the love of Christ, the love of others, you know, that sort of energy to reach out to other people, to care, to be interested. And you find that in the church, that service of the poor um, is very much part and parcel of who we are. And that's why all of the tremendous work done by missionaries all over the world, which I don't think, frankly, we talk about enough. Yeah, Like it's true. incredible. Mm. So many nameless men and women, nuns and priests, etc., who just gave their lives and died in these countries and never asked for anything more than just to be of service. Um, and I think also the whole thing of, um, I think what's also, as I said, the beauty of being able to adore God, to realize that God is there in the church. That I can go to the sacraments. I can pray. I can find answers. I can do, I can change the world in a way, you know, that the, 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 you know, the head of the UN can't, I can pray. And when I pray, I bring God down and in this world and say, God, I need your, your grace, I need your strength, I need your direction, I need mm. your, your power to change the situation. Um, and I think harmony between all those three elements, between worship, between the fact that the church is outward, outward focused, looking out for others, you know, and also serving the poor. Those are the three really important elements of the church and all three of them need to be there um, so that we can achieve what I hope, what God would hope that we would, that on our watch as the church, we can make the world a better place. Okay, thanks a million, Maura. Not at all. I hope that kind of explains, definitely explains a lot about what the church is. So um, we will be back to you shortly with our next podcast. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.